0: um hey guys welcome back to the pod so i hope you guys had <laughs> probably okay day today whatever day you guys are listening to this okay so i'm gonna deprive myself from the whole in skylar knees i'm gonna ho- postpone that because i think learning about the central park five is honestly the best to know about it on a podcast especially i'm not being that i'm not black i'm white it's it's good to know about it like what happened actually so uh, for this case i'm actually using wikipedia so i'm going to put that in there i'm gonna put that in my information there what i used and be forewarned, it is a little gruesome, because once again, this is a murder mystery podcast. So, um, be forewarned, there is a TV show and a film based upon this, and they went on Oprah. So, okay. So for any of you guys I don't know about this case, this case happened in nineteen eighty nine. Nineteen eighty nine. It. <laughs> You might think it's many moons ago. It it really was. It was before all of us were born. In 1989, I wasn't even born. I was born in 2003. Y'all were born in 2004 or whatever year you guys were born in like 2000s whatever. And it was um April 19th, 1989 and it was um they're accused um about this was um, the accused thing that was uh, accused was basically five male black teenagers were indicted for raping a woman, a white woman and other charges. Another was given a plea deal and a plea deal to assault and four other teenagers were indicted for assault and other charges related to attacks and other persons that night in the park so basically what this case is about is basically Central Park 5 It it's an attack that happened in Central Park where a white woman was jogging late at night at 9 to 10pm at night and um, she normally does that on a daily basis most women would do that in the late 80s and 90s And um, what happened was um, these boys, these five boys were, well, I would say delinquents, but that's not the word I'm looking for. I would say they were brought up, right? But they were doing things that they shouldn't be doing at an adolescent age. At the age of like, I would say like 14, 16 years old. 14 14 to 16 years old. That's how I will say it. Like, they were doing terrible things. Like, probably, like, you know, like, like, (laughs) ding-dong ditch sort of thing. Or hang out out with the wrong crowd sort of thing in Central Park and bothering people sort of thing. Like, that's, like, that's okay because that's minimal things. But, like, rape is another thing. So, the lady was jogging at night at that time at 9 to 10 p.m., and these boys remind you they're black, okay? Racial profiling at this time, especially with white people, including myself. But I'm not saying I do it, but um I don't really do it cuz I have two people to thank, uh but I'm not going to name them. But um to open my eyes to not be ignorant white supremacist. Anyway, um back to the story. Um she was jogging, of course, then she was brutally attacked by some guy that was listening to a walkman, brutally attacked with a knife and raped. And the only preliminary evidence was the knife and the sock that was left at the scene. And at the time the cops were there because of the scene, because of a witness did not see it happening. It saw they saw like the body and they called the police, of course. What you normally do for a dead body, and then um, days well, they they kind of eventually caught these uh, like a boy, a little boy Antron, I believe Antron McCray, and um, it was a group that arrested that. Um, a group of M- estimated, it says here in Wikipedia, estimated 30 to 32 teenagers who lived in the East Harlem, which is, um, I'm not going to discriminate or be um, negligent or be a little bit racist. I'm not going to even be racist at all. It's uh, Everyone knows that in Harlem, it's basically brought up to be a black and brown neighborhood. So... Continuing on, um, entered Manhattan Central Park in the entrance of in Harlem, near Central Park North. Some of the group committed several attacks, assaults, robberies against people who were either entering, biking, or jogging in the north, northern most part of the park and near the reservoir. The vic- and victims began to report the incidents to police within the north. Woods between one o fifth Street and one o second Street. They were reported as attacking several bicyclists, hurdling rocks at a cab, and attacking a pedestrian whom they robbed at, of his food and beer and left unconscious. The teenagers roamed south along the Park's East Drive and and the seventy ninth Street transverse between 9 and 10 p.m. Police attempted to apprehend suspects after crimes began to be reported at 9, between 9 and 10 p.m. At least some of the group traveled further south of the area around the reservoir, where four men jogging were were attacked by several youths. Among the victims was John Lowen, a forty year old school teacher who was severely beaten and robbed between nine forty and nine and nine fifty. He was hit in the head with a pipe and a stick, knocking him briefly unconscious. At a pre trial hearing in nineteen in October nineteen eighty nine, a police officer testified when Lao Wen was was found. He was bleeding so badly that he air quotes around this, looked like he was drunk and that he was dunked in a bucket of blood. It was not until one thirty a.m. that night when a female jogger was found in a north woods area of the park. She had been pulled to the north some 300, 300 feet off the path known as the 102nd Street Crossing, the path of her feet dragged through the grass, was marked so clearly that it could be photographed. It was 18 wide. There was no evidence in the grass of footprints of multiple perpetrators. She was brutally beaten, suffering major blood loss and skull fractures. She was later uh, revealed to have been raped. After her discovery, the police increased the intensity of their effort to identify the suspects in this attack and took more teenagers into custody. The joggers were not identified. The jogger was not identified for about 24 hours. It took days for the police to retrace her movements on that night. At the time of the trial of the three suspects in, in June 1990, the New York Times characterized the attack on the joggers as one of the most widely public publicized crimes of the 1980s. Um, the assault on Tush Malley. T- on Trisha Malley. Trisha Malley was going to a regular run, which is this is the white woman victim. Um, Trisha Malley was going on a regular run in Central Park shortly before 9 p.m. While jogging in the park, she was sh- um, knocked down, dragged nearly 30 feet. No, 300, 300 feet, sorry which is 91 m- meters off the roadway, and violently assaulted. She was raped, beaten almost to death. About four hours later, 1.30 a.m., she was found naked, gagged, and tied, covered in mud and blood, in a shallow ravine in a wooded area of the park, about 300 feet north of the path called 202nd Street Crossing. The first policeman who saw her, she said, She was beaten badly, as nobody I've ever seen beaten. She looked like she was tortured. Mally was so badly injured that she was in a coma for 12 days. She had severe um, hyperthermia, severe brain damage, several hemorrhagic shock, loss of 75 to 80% of her blood, and internal bleeding. Her skull had been... had been fractured so badly that her left eye was di- dislodged from its socket which in turn was fractured in 21 places she was also she also had facial facial features, fractures the initial medical diagnosis prognosis was that mali could have died of, of her injuries she was given the last the last rates because of this, the police treated the attack as a preemitable homicide. Altern- alternate, l- l- I can't even pronounce this word. Alternatively, po- doctors thought that she might remain in permanent coma due to her injuries. She came out of her coma after 12 days. She was then treated for several weeks in Metropolitan Hospital in East Harlem. When Mali first emerged from her coma, She was unable to talk, read, or walk. In early June, Mallie was transferred to Gaylord Hospital, a long-term acute care center in Willingford, Connecticut, where she spent six months in rehabilitation. She did not walk until mid-July 1989. She returned to work eight months after the attack. She largely recovered with some lingering disabilities related to balance and loss of vision. As a result of severe trauma, she had no memory of the attack or any events up to an hour before the assault, nor the six weeks following the attack. During the trial of the defendants, Molly was not cross-examined due to the amnesia caused by her assault. At At a time of concern about crime in general in the city, which was suffering high rates of assaults, rapes, and homicides, these attacks provoked great outrage, particularly the brutal rape of the female jogger. <clears throat> it took place in a public park that was methanolized as the city's verdant demographic refuge. The New York governor, Mario Cuomo, told the New York Post this is an ultimate shriek shrek of harm or shriek of harm. There were violent incidents last night, um so I'm going to talk about the victim and what, who she was as a person before the attack. Um, so, Patricia Allen Malley was born on June 24th, 1960 in Parmas, New Jersey. And released in Upper Upper St. Clair, Pennsylvania in the suburb of Pl- Pittsburgh. She is a daughter and the youngest of three children of John Malley a Westinghouse senior manager and his wife Jean, a school board member, member. She attended Upper Saint Clair High School, graduating in nineteen seventy eight. Mallie was a Phi Beta Kappa economics major at Wesley College, where she received a bachelor's in nineteen eighty two. The chairman of Wesley's economics department said she was brilliant, probably one of the top four or five students of the decade in 1986 she earned an, a masters from yale and an mba in fi- in finance in the yale school of management she worked from the summer of 1986 until the attack as an associate and then a vice president in corporate finance department and energy an group of solomon brothers an and investment bank now I lives in east 83rd street between York and East End Avenues in Yorkville section, upper east side of Manhattan. At the time of the attack, she was 28 years old. In most media accounts of the incident at that time, Molly was severely referred to as the Central Park Jogger. But two local TV stations violated the media, media policy of not publicly identifying the victim of sex crimes and released her name in the days of following the attack. Two newspapers aimed at the African-American community, the City Sun, and the Amsterdam News, and the black-owned talk radio show WLIB, continued to cover the case as it progressed. Their editors said that this this was in response to the media having publicized the name and personal information about the five suspects. who were all minors before they were all arraigned. The open line host and... W.R.K.S. were credited for helping and continue to cover the case until the convicted use were declared, were cleared in 2002 of the crime. 2003, Melly publicly revealed her identity, her identity as a, the jogger. In her memoir, I am the Central Park Jogger, a story of hope and possibility. Okay, we're going to talk about now the rest of the use which is the arrest and investigation so be forewarned okay the police were dispatched at 9 30 p.m and responded to the scooters and unarmed on unmarked cars though the night they apprehended about 20 teenagers they took custody of raymond santana he was 14 years old kevin richardson 14 years old and along with three other teenagers approximately at 10.15 p.m. at Central Park West in 102nd Street. Steven Lopez, 14, was arrested with his group with an hour of several attacks that were first reported to police. He was also interrogated. Several, sev- Severely beaten Malley was not found until 1.30 a.m. on April 20th. Her discovery increased the urgency of police efforts to apprehend suspects. Antron McCray, 15, Yusuf Salam, 15, and Corey Wise. Known as, and pronounced as, actually, which I can't, I don't want to mispronounce it, so I'm just going to spell it out for you. K-H-A-R-E-Y space W-I-S-E. Again. K A K H A R E Y space W-I-S-E 16 were brought in for questioning later that day, April 20th, after having been identified by other youths in the large group as participants in or present at some of the attacks on other victims. Corey Wise said he has not been involved in an accompanied salon because they were friends see right there if i was okay i'm gonna put in retrospect in the, in the not in the victim's shoes but i'm gonna put in retrospect of the boys because if i was them being questioned by the cops the first thing that will come out of my mouth was lawyer i would have said lawyer if they read me my rights i've would been like lawyer lawyer i am not speaking to you unless i get a lawyer Because you can't do that. You can't bring them for questioning. One. Being that they're minors, You can't bring them in without their parents. You immediately call their parents. And say. I have your kid at the police precinct. With me right now. And these. Detectives want to question your son. About a. A case. That he was involved in. And then. They'll come in right away, you know? But being how white these cops were and white supremacists they were and how rushed they did with the case. But, um, but what they don't tell you is that Corey Wise, the 16-year-old boy, he had a learning disability. And these cops just whammied him with these plethora of questions until he answered. And you know, like my teacher for law said like if you're a kid at the age of 16 or any age younger than that and you're being questioned and they think that you did it and they basically, and you're scared shitless. You're scared shitless. All you want to do is get out of there, or to answer the questions willingly and calmly, or just admit it. Either one of them, but in this case, in the end, you guys will all find that find out what happens, and, and it's just mind mind blowing to find out that this happened overly years ago, and it's just. The whole, like, BLM is bringing me back to this case. It always does, and, and still it does. And, it's, and I did go around a couple of, of comrades in school and started asking if they know about Central Park, Park, Central Park 5. They said, some of them, one or two people, one or two or three people said to me that they heard of them, but they don't know the exact story, which is just sad. Who doesn't know okay sorry no offense to those people that i've asked but like that's just sad like why okay you should know more about them though everyone should know more about the central park five it's just uh it's, it's annoying it's just um sad anyway moving on from that and <laughs> digressing from that slowly but swiftly into this um yes Corey wise and yusuf salam were basically friends because they were and mind you all these boys lived in around each other and lived within each other in the neighborhood so they were they weren't tight they would say they were like they knew each other it's kind of like when you say to them oh do you know this kid named so and so such and they're like who oh yeah i know them but i don't. i never really talked to them i just know of them sort of thing so that's basically what they were. And these were the six suspects indicted for the attacks of the female jogger, later identified as Mali. They took to into custody fourteen or more suspects over the next few days and arrested a total of ten suspects who were ultimately tried for the attacks. Among them was four African American and two Hispanic American teenagers who were indicted on May 10th on charges of assault, robbery, riot, rape, sexual abuse, and attempts of murder of Malley and an unrelated man, John L- Lawen. The police arrested additional suspects over 40 hours after the night of April 19th and interrogated numerous others. Among those was Clarence Thomas, 14, was arrested on April 21st of 1989 on charges related to the rape of the female jogger. After further investigation he was never indicted and all charges were dismissed against him on October 31st, 1989. Also arrested in a period of charges of attacks against others, other persons in the park and later indicted was Jermaine Robinson, 15, Antonio Montalvone Eighteen in Orlando Escobar... What? I'm sorry, hold on, wait. Orlando Escobar, 16. Sorry, what? <laughs> I thought it was saying Pablo Escobar. Sorry. The videotape confessed... Confessions started April 21st after the detectives finished unrecorded interrogations, later in which the five suspects were in custody for at least seven hours. Santana, McCrae and Robinson made video testament statements in presence of parents okay my bad they were well three people had their parents and i forgot which one was it that had his dad i forgot there was one of out of these five boys that had their parent convinced him to confess to these this crime i forgot which one was i think it was was wasn't I don't know if it was McRae. But going on, Wise, Corey Wise made several statements unaccompanied by any parent or guardian in a council. So basically, he made several statements about himself and what he does and, and everything. And without his parents or any counsel of like a social worker or anything like that. And um yeah. Lopez was interviewed on videotape with his parents. Oops, Lopez. Stephen Lopez was interviewed on videotape in the presence of his parents on April twenty first, nineteen ninety nine and began at three thirty AM. He named others of the group by first name and the group attacks on other persons but denied any knowledge of the female jogger. None of the six had defense attorneys during interrogations or videotape process. And um, basically saying that they never asked for a lawyer. They just like talked because of course they're young, they're 14, they're 16, they're scared. And these they're, they're, these cops are white. They don't know. God forbid these cops hit them in the side of the head. And ha- make them have blunt force trauma to the head. God forbid. Just saying. You know. That's what's like really trippy. I just. Yeah. Um. So. Going on. Moving on. One. Taken into custody. Um. When taken into custody, Yusuf Salam told police that he was 16 years old and showed him identification to that effect. If a suspect had reached 16 years of age, his parents or guardian no longer had a right to accompany him during police questioning or to refuse to permit him to answer any questions. After Salam's mother arrived at the station, she insisted she wanted a lawyer. For her son, and the police stopped the questioning. He neither made a videotape nor signed the earlier written statement, but the court ruled to accept it as evidence before his trial. Yusuf Salam allegedly made verbal admissions to the police. He confessed that being present at the rape only made the detective falsely told, told him that the fingerprints had been found on the victim's clothing, and if his matched, he would be charged with rape. He said years later, I heard them beating up Corey Wise in the next room and they would come and look at me and say, you realize you're next. The fear made me feel like I was going, I was not going to be able to make it out. The prosecutor planned to, planned to try the, the defendants in two groups and then scheduled the sixth defendant to be trialed last. The latter pled guilty and January 1991 on lesser charges and reduced, and received reduced sentence. The prosecution of the five remaining defendants, Kevin Richardson, Antron McCray, Raymond Santana, Corey Wise, and Yusuf Salon in the, t- in the rape and assault case was based primarily on confessions which they had made after lengthy police interrogations. None of the defendants had legal counsel during questioning many if you're hearing this right now like it said like three times they had no legal counsel and it's going to show you that one the police were stupid and two the cops were idiots and three they never bothered to ask them um or tell them they need a lawyer like that's like ignorance and that's and that's just stupid like come on honestly i would have just told the kids here's what you're in for um you you need your parents here this isn't i uh, know tell them what the big deal is many consider the interrogation techniques to have been con um co evasive co evasive co co i can't even pronounce this co Er, ref, I can't remember it's c-o-e-r-c-i-v-e so I'm just gonna spell that out like that and they have been subject to wide criticism within weeks they, they each withdrew their confessions pled not guilty and refused plea deals on the rape and assault charges none of the suspects dna matched the dna collected from the crime scene two semen samples if you don't know what semen is it's from when you ejaculate from the private area from both belong to the one identified one identified unidentified man no substantive physical evidence connected any of the five teenagers to the rape scene but each were convicted of nine ninety percent of related charge salt and other charges subsequently known as the Central Park Five. Okay, I'm going to continue in part two about this. We're going to go more further into this, and I have further things to say from the Wikipedia page. Okay, deuces part two.